Hey everybody, welcome back another episode of the JQP, the John Q Podcast. And you know what we do here, don't you? It's simple. We got a philosophy and we stick by it. Unlike some people, we speak with honesty, think with sincerity, and act with integrity. That is the John Q Podcast. Um, relatively short episode today, and I'll tell you why. Um... Not only am I running out of a lot of time for the month with my uh, <laughs> podcast uh, host, <laughs> that's one of the reasons, but also because I'm pissed. You know, I started this um, venture, this movement, if you will, of my own um, almost three years ago now, specifically to raise awareness and to encourage free speech and free and independent thought. And after watching the testimony of three of this country's highest universities, Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania, I was absolutely disgusted. And I'll tell you why. Not because the presidents of these universities who were testifying before a House committee seemed completely idiotic and really probably shouldn't even be holding the jobs that they have. Although I've heard one of them, I think it was the Harvard uh, president, is is supposedly uh, plagiarized a, a doctoral paper or something like that, but I'm not even going to get into that. But it seemed like a, quite apparent to me that these fucking morons don't even know what the First Amendment is. And they sit there and they say over and over again how, you know, the code of conduct and the code of ethics for their schools, you know, mirror what is said in in the Constitution. And obviously they don't even know what it is. They probably haven't even fucking read it, which is even more disgusting. It's bad enough that we have elected officials in this country who have no idea what the Constitution is, something that they've sworn to protect and defend. And it's bad enough that that we have kids these days, school age. You know, I'm not talking about elementary school, but I'm talking middle school, high school kids that don't even know the founding documents of the country that they live in. So this way they have, I guess they, the, the teachers figure that if we don't teach it to them, then whatever we say, you know, they're going to, you know, understand that, you know, they have a right to, to, to believe the most ludicrous things that we can come up with. And then I thought back and I said, you know, what am I going to do this week? I got limited time. You know, I, I thought about, uh, you know, just doing a little something for the holidays, trying to make it joyful. And then I saw this testimony and I was fucking disgusted. And then I realized to myself, I said to myself, you know, let's go back. Look, look at the shows that we've done now over almost 150 or something like that. It's even more than anything now. I don't even know. And I thought to myself, you know, we've never done a show like, like just focused on the First Amendment. So I said, let's take 20 minutes here and we'll talk about it. And, and the reason I am talking about it is because of these, these so-called educators that were, that were hammered in this congressional hearing that was based on anti-Semitism. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. 
Now, these are leaders of three top universities that were having a hearing on college campuses, some of which have had the most disgusting student protests that I think I've ever witnessed. And I'm not disgusted that they protest. God bless them for protesting. Stick up for what you believe in. But when you are when you are protesting in favor of a terrorist organization, you are a fucking traitor to this country. You are a traitor to those who have died protecting it. And you should be fucking ashamed. Now, you know, I'm all for a two-state system in the Middle East. But to sit there and advocate openly for the genocide of, of, of not just people in Israel, but for Jews in general. And, and, and not even, not even having the, the common decency to address the sexual atrocities. I'm not even going to call it sexual assaults or rape or sexual atrocities that Hamas freedom fighters, quote unquote, are performing. I mean, it's disgusting. Now, rarely has a congressional hearing generated this much bipartisan rage. Now, universities have been under fire over their responses to the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel, um, which has coincided with these student protests and a surge in anti-Semitism and also anti-Arab hate crimes in the U.S., now let's look at one. These three, right off the bat. Harvard University President Claudine Gay, MIT President Sally Kornbluth, and University of Pennsylvania President Elizabeth McGill. Now, they appeared before the House Committee on Education and the Workforce and they, they where they attempted to defend their responses to um, incidents of anti-Semitism on their campuses. Now, these are these are not just, you know words here these are where jewish students are afraid to go to to walk to class that they've barricaded themselves in rooms that they've been threatened openly now critics have condemned their answers especially ones from new york republican uh, elise stefanik who during a yes or no question on whether calling for the genocide of Jews violated the schools of conduct, and they couldn't answer it. Now, they said in varying ways that the answers would be context-specific and related to whether speech turned into conduct. That's not what we're talking about here. Now, in a statement to Axios, White House spokesperson Andrew Bates issued a sharp statement saying it's unbelievable that this needs to be said. Calls for genocide are monstrous and antithetical to everything that we represent as a country. And that any statements that advocate for the systemic murder of Jews are dangerous and revolting. We should all stand firmly against them and on the side of human dignity and the most basic values that unite us as Americans. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, pretty sure Josh is probably uh, Jewish with a name like Shapiro, tends to be. UPenn President McGill failed to act with moral clarity. He called for the university's board of trustees, of which he is a non-voting member, to meet soon and decide how to respond to this matter. Mark Rowan, the board chair of at his alma mater, Wharton School of Business, called upon the board to rescind support for McGill, 
Rowan is a co-founder and the CEO of an alternative asset management, Apollo Global Management. Students at both Penn and Harvard have criticized university presidents, according to the New York Times. Business leaders decried the university president's statements. Pershing Square Capital Management Management's Bill Ackman, a Harvard alum, called for their resignations. AQR Capital Management, Clifford Asnes, said he wished he could stop donating to Penn, his alma mater, twice he said it. Now, the university leaders were questioned about what was described as lack of punishment for students and student groups and what speech would warrant disciplinary action. Gay, Harvard's president, said the university protects free speech until it escalates into bullying, harassment, harassment, or intimidation. Gay said she, th- that they even applied to speech she found personally abhorrent or at odds with the values of Harvard, such as calls for an infatata against Israel. In a statement issued Wednesday, Gay said protecting free speech should not be equated to condoning violence against Jews. So we're going to back we're going to backwalk it. Calls for violence against genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile, have no place at Harvard, and who threaten our Jewish students and those who threaten our Jewish Jewish students will be held account. Maybe because you feel the fucking axe over your head, bitch. Of course, spokespeople for University of Pennsylvania and MIT did not immediately respond to almost anybody's request for comments. Now, reports of anti-Arab, anti-Muslim, and anti-Semitic abuse have been on the rise of campuses, and hate crimes have surged in major U.S. cities since the beginning of the Israeli-Hamas war. The Department of Education launched investigations into at least six colleges over alleged incidents of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia over the last month. Harvard is now facing a federal investigation over allegations of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on campus. Now, here's the problem with all this, folks. Is that, first of all, you have the Department of Education. Remember, these are the same people who were, I'm sure, involved in calling, you know, parents domestic terrorists several years ago. So they can't be trusted. Pretty much no one within the Biden regime can be trusted when it comes to this. Because if they see the writing on the wall and they're going to start losing votes, they're going to backpedal, you know, uh, quicker than you can say Jack Frost. And I say that because it's fucking cold here in the Northeast. Oh, fuck. But let's look at it real quick. The First Amendment. What's the First Amendment say? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right to people peaceably to assemble and to the petition the government for redress of grievances. That's what it says. That is the First Amendment to the grand and glorious Constitution of the United States, the First Amendment and the Bill of Rights. Things that should be... It's your birthright as an American if you were born here. If you gain citizenship, these are your rights and they should be held in the highest of regards. But as we know, everything comes with a political price, which is why a lot of them aren't. Particularly, you know, the First and Second Amendment are pissed on more than anything. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. 
Now, we're just going to talk about the free speech clause in that very, very, very quickly because there are generally, you know, and, and the reason why the First Amendment is even put in there um, is because, um, and, and why the government should not make any laws is because um, they're thought to be especially problematic because they distort public debate and contradict the basic principle of self-governance and that the government cannot be trusted to decide what ideas or information that the people should be allowed to hear. Now, usually there's three situations that we're going to talk about here. Three situations where the government can constitutionally restrict speech under a less demanding standard. Okay, and the two that I want to talk about, really, okay, the first one right off the bat is defamation. False statements that damage a person's reputations uh, can lead to civil liability and even uh, criminally punish criminal punishment, especially when the speaker deliberately lied or said things that were likely false. But the two, the two things that I really want to talk about here are true threats and fighting words. Now, true threats, easily. Threats to commit a crime. Something like, you know, I'll kill you if you don't give me your money. They can be punished for that. Or fighting words. Face-to-face personal insults that are likely to lead to an immediate fight are punishable. Okay, now this doesn't include political statements that offend others and provoke them to violence. Okay, but that we're talking more like civil rights or anti-abortion. Comments that are made on either side of those arguments that may incite some type of violence. But we're talking about here is the systematic murder of an entire group of people based on their religion. Okay? And, And it's even something as simple as from the river to the sea. And you look at some of the recent polls later, a lot of the fucking college jackasses out there that are, you know, marching with, with uh, uh, you know, signs and, and what have you with this slogan on it, they don't realize not only does that incite, but they don't even know half what it means most of the time. They can't even name the goddamn river in the sea that they're talking about. You know, here's the problem here, kids. And, and we're not going on, I just want people to understand my anger with this because we are raising an entire generation of kids that have absolutely no idea what their, their constitutionally guaranteed freedoms are, why they should be not only um, respected, but cherished and upheld till the end of time. Or at least until this this grand and glorious republic falls, which hopefully it never will. Because it truly is that shining city on the hill. It is a beacon of liberty and justice and freedom and democracy. But they don't get it. They take advantage of it. They piss all over it. And with that, they piss on the graves of every person that has spilled blood to defend this great nation. Some people may say, I'm going overboard with that, but I'm really not because it's the truth. It's symbolic, yes, but it's the truth. Kids, 18, 19, 20 years old, blown to bits in battlefields from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War to World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Korea. 
young, young, young pilots blown out of the skies. And you sit there and piss over your, your, your freedoms that they fought and died and to defend. They have a right to protest. I got no problem with that. You know, I, I even have, I, I even, I, I even don't have an issue with people burning the flag. I think it's disgusting. It goes against what I believe, but it, it's protected speech. There's actually been, uh, um, Supreme Court cases going back to the 60s because people burned the flag and were and due to state laws they were they were criminalized for it and thrown in jail now it, it just it's it's just amazing to me I mean you can go back to 1989 Texas v Johnson it's the case of Gregory, Gregory Johnson who burned an American flag in demonstration during the 84 Republican National Convention in Dallas. He was charged with violating Texas law prohibiting the vandalizing of venerated objects. He was convicted, sentenced to one year in prison, and fined $2,000. It was later reversed by the Supreme Court. Just as William Brennan wrote in the decision that if there is a bedrock principle underlying the First Amendment, it is that the government may not prohibit the expression of any idea simply because society finds that idea offensive or disagreeable. I mean, it even got to the point in 1990 where Congress passed a federal law barring flag burning, but the Supreme Court struck it down. A flag desecration amendment has been proposed repeatedly since 1989 and in 2006 came the closest ever to passing but lost by a single vote in Congress. I have no problem with people protesting and if you want to support Palestinians and the Palestinian cause, that is absolutely fine. You are within your rights to do it. But first of all, understand what you are are um, pro- supporting. Hamas Al-Qaeda, ISIS, even Iran. I'm sorry, but these are terrorist organizations. They have absolutely no problem walking into the middle of your protest with a vest made of dynamite and blowing up you and your fucking liberal retarded friends. No problems at all. I believe that the Palestine-Israel question must be answered. I think a two-state system is the best way to do it. People should be allowed to come and go as they please. They shouldn't have to look over their shoulder, you know, and, and wonder if the pizza place that they're that they're in is going to be blown up by some jackass with a cause. I got no problem with that. But understand what you're doing before you do it. Because yes, you absolutely are pissing over the rights that so many people have died for. You'll always have those rights, so cherish it. Protect it. Above all, understand it. We have university presidents in this country that apparently can't understand it. I said this was going to be short, kids, and I'm not kidding. It's short. We're wrapping it up. I'm sorry, I had to go on a rant, and I hope you understand. 
because this is something that definitely touches close to home. We'll be back next week with another all-new episode of JQP. We're getting ready for Ask John Q and the season finale for this year, for season three. So get your questions in. Reach out to me on social media, at the John Q Podcast. That's a true social, Facebook and Instagram. You can send me an email to the John Q Podcast at gmail.com or the JQP hotline is open 24-7, 365 for your voicemails and text messages. And that's at 347-284-1963. Remember, folks, America is the land of the free because of the brave. You can do these protests, but please don't ever forget the reasons why you're allowed to. Till next time, I am the one I advocate, John Q, saying stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and of course, God bless our American states. I am out.